0: Hey, everybody. Welcome in to another edition of Future Brew, Michigan football recruiting podcast here on maizeandbrew.com. I am Vaughn Lozon. Join me today, as always, the the five tool, a podcaster slash YouTube expert slash whatever the hell you want to call him. Steven Ostosky, my man. How you doing? How was your holiday weekend?
1: Doing all right. I need to find three other things to do. If I'm a five tool guy, I got <laughs> to figure out my other three things, but, uh, but now it was good. Got some time on the lake and, um, you know, I'm always thankful for an extra day. So having a shorter work week is, uh, is definitely something I'm, I'm appreciative of. So, yeah,
0: Yes. And for sure, there's no doubt about it. I, I think the three other things we can uh, have you do, I mean, rock climbing has to be up there for sure. Sure. It's it's just a shame that Jordan Phillips didn't commit to Michigan. We can't have that, uh, that, that rock climb off with uh, with you and him that yeah, we, I know. Uh, planned all, all those months ago. We'll have to uh, find somebody else. Maybe Kenneth Grant, if he uh, joins the fold here can get him to uh, do some rock climbing with you and I don't know. We'll, we'll just find it. A- You're just like the pure athlete. You run, you do rock climbing, you do all these tough, modern. I mean, you, you do it all, Steven. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to uh, figure that out later on. Uh, when um, more commits join the fold here, but, uh. Well,
1: we'll start with the Maze and Brew triathlon or something and figure out, figure out where we rank amongst the staff. And yeah. Go from there.
0: Yeah. I, I think you, you and, uh, I, I don't know. I, th- I feel like Trevor Woods would be up there for sure. Yeah, that's um, pretty good. Yeah, Trevor. Trevor's an athlete. Um, I don't know. I feel like I could hold my own. I I think I could. I could do okay. Anthony would uh, would probably do pretty well. He's uh, he's a lean, mean athlete. So, yeah, I don't know. I I feel like all these ideas just go nowhere and uh, they they don't end up ever being anything. But that's okay because uh, (laughs) it's a football recruiting podcast. And that's what we're going to stick with today. And um, <laughs> let's, let's just hop right into it. Uh, speaking of football recruit, we've, we've got a big big game this weekend. If you guys haven't noticed or haven't heard uh, a- any of that, Michigan is playing Washington this Saturday at the Big House, primetime, 8 o'clock kick on ABC, the primetime game of the week. And it, it's it's sure to bring a lot of eyeballs to the TV. And it's a maze out, so there's going to be a lot of uh, at least 100,000 plus in attendance, rocking the maze shirts, maze jerseys, all that stuff. And uh, among the people inside the big house this Saturday are going to be uh, a lot of really important pieces to what could be Michigan's football, uh, Michigan football's recruiting class in 2022. And we're just going to roll through these guys today, uh, the 22 guys, uh, because this is a star-studded lineup. In my opinion, this this it, I would imagine this will probably be the top visitors list um, for any game day this season. It's it's just bringing a ton of top talent, a lot of top targets on their board that they may not be able to get on campus again because some of these are going to be officials. A couple of these are going to be unofficials. Let's start with one of the unofficials and that's right at the top. The number one ranked overall player in the 22 class And that is five-star defensive lineman Walter Nolan at 6'4", 325, from the state of Tennessee. Like I said, he's number one overall in this class, number one defensive lineman. This is going to be his third time in Ann Arbor. He came once in the spring and then took his official visit back in June for Victor's weekend, which was, again, another star-studded lineup this off season for the maize and blue. So Steven, I mean, we've talked about Walter Nolan extensively on this podcast. I don't think we need to talk too much about him specifically, but it's obviously important that he and his family are getting back to Ann Arbor, get to see the game day atmosphere. And I think the key part here is that he's going to be able to see Michigan stadium at its very best under the lights, 8 PM kickoff. It's, probably going to be a full house at the big house. These are the types of things that could make or break a recruitment. Now I still expect, even if they roll out the red carpet, everything goes well, Michigan wins a thousand to nothing. I still expect Walter Nolan to wind up somewhere in the sec. But if all of those things happen, you at least set yourself up pretty nicely and at least get considered at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. I mean, I have an active, bet, I think on a live stream where I would give $50 to a random person on stream if Walter Nolan committed to Michigan. So if that gives you any stance on where, uh, my mindset is on where Walter Nolan will end up, um, that should give you a little bit of an idea. I mean, in late August, um, he, he put out a top three of Georgia, Tennessee and A&M, So it's a little bit interesting because he does have an official visit lined up to Alabama uh, in early November. So it's one of those things where is he just taking these official visits to take them? Are these other schools potentially still in that mix despite making that top three? I mean, only Walter Nolan probably knows that. But you're right. The, The thing for Michigan is just don't leave any. Uh, page unturned is that a phrase um, sure, but it is now do everything that you possibly can in your power to show him what Michigan has to offer you mentioned he's been to campus a couple of times so he's getting a good feel of that the only missing piece now um, you know he, he has the relationships has uh, different members of the class both staff and players he has those relationships built get a sense of his uh, family and their opinions on campus the only thing missing is the game day atmosphere. And really the, the night game against a, a power five opponent um, in the year after a global pandemic, I mean, you don't get much more electric of an environment than that. So, I mean, we'll talk about that, I think, in length with uh, most of these others, other guys as well. But it's this isn't going to be a case where it's like, man, why didn't Michigan go? you know, all out for a guy of this cal- caliber, like it's clear they're doing that. And it's just a matter of how much does that resonate. And I think we're in agreement that uh, it's probably not going to change a whole lot, but um, all you can do is try. And, you know, if, if the girl doesn't choose you to go to prom, then, then what are you going to do? I think that's the second week in a row. I made it some prom <laughs> reference. I don't know. I'm watching Friday night lights with uh, with my wife. So maybe that's bringing, Some some weirdness to this, but um, but I'll stop talking. That's where I'm at with Walter Nolan. You got to do what you got to do. Get him on campus and uh, roll out the red carpet. Michigan's doing that.
0: Absolutely. I I completely agree with all of that. You got to at least try with the elite talents, especially if they've been receptive to you so far. Walter Nolan has family in the Detroit area. And that's kind of been one thing that has really set Michigan apart from these other schools is that family aspect. So we'll we'll see if this game day uh, turns out to uh, end up helping Michigan's chances in the long run. I don't think it will, but we'll we'll see at the very least. They got to take a swing. Another player that they're going to take a swing at is another five star talent on defense in the 22 class. And that is cornerback Damani Jackson. 6'1", 185, number five overall player in the class. The number two cornerback has been committed to USC since January and has not wavered from that commitment since. He attends Matterday High School in California, powerhouse school that uh, Christian Dixon from the 2021 class, wide receiver, four-star came from, to Michigan from, and uh, he's actually going to be out for the rest of the season at Matterday with an injury to his knee. Just unfortunate that one of the elite talents in the class athletically uh, had that happen for his senior season. Ran a 10.25, 100-meter dash back in June. And uh, back in 2019, had recorded a 4.5, 140 time. So, like I said, just an athletic freak uh, in this 22 class. Also had visited Alabama this summer. So, even though he is committed to USC, Steven. I don't know. I, I feel like he, he is locked in, but maybe not as much as originally thought. And it sounds like he's going to visit Alabama again later on for a game day down in Tuscaloosa. So he's going to get one at Michigan. He's going to get one at Alabama. I would assume he probably goes to USC at least once for at least one game. So I don't know. I feel like this is one of those recruitments that it's been kind of weird, right? Like he, he's been committed. He is actively recruited for USC's class. And although he does have a solid relationship with Will Johnson and some of these other players committed to Michigan in this 22 class, it doesn't really seem like he's ever legitimately thought about decommitting and flipping his commitment somewhere else, even though he did visit Alabama over the summer, nothing really came out of that. And he's still been committed to USC, but He's going to take a this visit to Ann Arbor. He's going to take the visit to Alabama. And much like with Walter Nolan, Stephen, you kind of just got to swing for the fences and see where it lands.
1: Yeah, especially when you you're going to have a guy like Will Johnson on campus as well talked at length about their relationship how how much it seemed like they were going to be a package deal um so i mean if you're asking me between domani jackson you didn't ask me Vaughn, but i'm gonna pretend you did if it's between (laughs) domani jackson and walter nolan who would be uh the guy who would potentially flip it would probably be domani jackson um but again it's it's a pipe dream at this point but that that 10 to five PR man. I watched a lot of Olympics this summer and that is a respectable time. That's like what some of those guys were like sniffing around that time at the Olympics. So like he, that speed is tantalizing. So it hurts to see one interesting thing. You mentioned the Alabama visit lined up this fall, uh, early November, same time that Walter Nolan is going to be visiting Alabama as well. So it's interesting that both Nolan and Jackson will be on campus at the same time at Michigan, as well as Alabama. So you're right where usually you'll see some smoke. If there's a guy committed, it uh, seems like a, a pretty hard commit to USC for Damani Jackson, you usually see smoke. So if there was any sort of wavering, you would think that unofficial official visit to the Crimson Tide this summer would have uh, elicited that smoke to her eyes, but I'm not, you know, you mentioned we didn't really see that. So yeah. again, it's a thing. It's a thing where um, no one should be upset at how Michigan um, approached either of these recruitments. These guys have every offer, um, under the sun and in Damani Jackson's son, it, it appears to be setting a little later than what he would like. If you get what I'm saying there, it's, oh yeah, he wants to stay on the West coast there, but yeah. <laughs> um, I like that. That's nice. But, but, um, yeah, so, so we'll see, man. Again, it's just do what you can control what, what you can and, uh, the atmosphere that'll be, in Ann Arbor on, uh, on Saturday night is the best, um, best case scenario for any recruit, just because it'll probably still be a little bit warm. Um, and you know, everything I mentioned, it, it's going to be as, as loud and as energetic of an atmosphere as you can put in front of a recruit. So, uh, I like the, the attempt here, but it, it's just, it's just that it's an attempt. Mm-hmm. And in my confidence is probably less than a 5% chance.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I I do agree with you in saying that if between Nolan and Jackson, I do think Jackson would probably be the player to flip his commitment even though Nolan's not technically committed anywhere, but you you get what I'm saying. I I do agree that Jackson is probably more likely to wind up in Michigan's class than Walter Nolan, despite Jackson being committed and Nolan not being committed. Uh that <laughs> I guess that goes to show how little confidence I have in Walter Nolan winding up in Ann Arbor, but at the end of the day, I don't think either of those players do. I think this is more so a fun trip for Damani to take. You know, he he's not going to be able to play at all his senior season, unfortunately, because of that knee injury. So you might as well go and take some game day visits, especially a, a star-studded lineup with the recruits. And then this is probably going to be one of Michigan's bigger home games of the season. Uh, So why not come out for one of the early season ones when the weather is still uh, going to be as nice as as it's going to be on Saturday. Now, in terms of this game, specifically against Washington, I I don't think there's really any argument to be made that it it couldn't be more important for the recruitment of this incoming player here that's going to be visiting for the first time. Officially, this is going to be his official visit to Michigan. And that's five-star offensive lineman Joshua Connerly. He's from the West Coast, from Seattle. Number 20 overall talent in the class. Number three at the offensive tackle position. He is 6'5", 275, listed on 24-7 sports. Also high on Washington. Along with Alabama, Oregon, Texas, and Oklahoma, just to name a few. But he has uh, the who's who's list of college football offers. Like I said, this will be his official visit to Ann Arbor. So any other potential trip that he takes to Michigan will have to be out of his family's pocket. He is listed on both the All-American Bowl roster and the Polynesian Bowl roster, and that doesn't happen very often. So he is definitely one of the elite talents in this class. And like I said, Steven, I really do think that in terms of not only just the outcome, of this game because it's against Washington, but because it kind of is at a position of need along the offensive line, they've got two guys committed, but both guys aren't ranked very high. Both guys are projects. And I think Connerly is one of those guys that you could probably insert him in some way as a freshman, kind of like how they did with Zach Center last year because of how highly talented he was. I think Connerly is another one of those kinds of players where you could get him some action early on and then really insert him into the lineup his sophomore season the other two guys that they got I I think it's going to take a red shirt and then maybe another couple years to get them on the field so Connerly I think he is as important as any of these recruits that is going to be visiting Ann Arbor this weekend and they just it it is I I can't understate it enough how important this recruitment is uh, for this game they (laughs) this is one of those games with this Connerly recruitment that you would just want Michigan to win a hundred to nothing and have a dominant offensive line game. Uh, like they did last weekend against Western really put it to a power five team. And the fact that it's Washington, another school that Connerly is very high on uh, it, it's just, it's so important in, in so many different ways uh, in this recruitment here, Stephen. Yeah. It's always
1: super interesting when you have a guy who's maybe primary the primary competition for Michigan is that team that he's visiting Michigan against I don't know if I said that correctly, but you know what I mean Washington yep. is the presumed leader to crystal balls uh, to the home state huskies there and it's it's usually something where I say a single game won't really affect a recruitment and I think I do keep that opinion in terms of the outcome as a whole but Within the context, I think you nailed it. If you're winning a blowout and you're just absolutely blowing the doors off of that team, that's going to have an effect because that speaks more to a the trend of that program if they're if they are seemingly on different tiers you know if it's a 31 28 victory and both teams look pretty good or (laughs) pretty bad then it's going to be something where it's like okay these are essentially similar programs where if it's a 49 to 7 game it's like whoa michigan's headed in a different direction uh than washington for better or for worse right and then i think that the main thing outside of just the outcome and the context of that outcome is the atmosphere. That's something where he's going to be comparing the atmosphere that a Michigan crowd provides versus that of his home state, Washington Huskies there. So that's the biggest thing. And that's what I think has me most excited. And um, in terms of all of these recruitment um, I think you're right where the, the outcome of the game will affect Connor Lee the most and then, um, I mean, in terms of his skill set, he's he's six five, which I was like, man, is he really a, a tackle? But then he has close to like a 6'10 plus wingspan, which is just incredible. It's insane. Um, yeah. yeah, he has a, a basketball background. He's a running back in youth football. And um, I, I mean, that really shows itself in his film. He has that bend you're looking for. Uh, he pulls extremely well. And he's a guy who looks like he's closer to 240 than he's he's listed, what, like 275 or 280. So uh, truly, truly an athlete where it's usually one of these guys you expect to be uh, like a tight end that you mold into this sort of athletic tackle. He's already an athletic tackle. And that's the difference between getting one of those guys who are maybe in the 400 to 600 range as a tight end that needs to bulk up and what Josh Connerly is, which is 20 overall five-star offensive tackle. So, um, yeah, uh, of anyone else on this list, I, th- I think you nailed it. The, the need on the the current uh, 2022 rec- recruiting board uh, screams high-profile offensive linemen. Um, you just need bodies at that position, and he's one that you could plug in in a pinch in year one, I think. But then you, there's just not a whole lot of development needed. He's got the size, got the body, got – the athleticism is just a matter of keeping him healthy, and I don't think he's, um, you know, there's any concern there. So, yeah, it's exciting. I, I, it's my favorite thing when I'm watching a game, and if Michigan's beating the brakes out of a team, which I think they have potential to do, knock on wood, this Saturday. Uh, thinking about Josh Kinerly in the back of your mind, like, uh oh, what's yep. what's that? What's that guy thinking in the stands? You know, and that's a fun yep. little, fun little back of the mind uh, thing to to keep fresh. Uh, during the game,
0: it, it really is. I I've admittedly, I have thought about that when I've been to Michigan stadium, uh, over the last few years and they have been blowing out whoever it was that they were playing that day. The, the one that I specifically remember was the game against SMU when they really just started laying it to the Mustangs and Daxton Hill was the uh, star recruit. Uh, at Michigan stadium that day. And in the back of my mind, I was like, man, this, this must be nice for, uh, for Daxton to see this and ended up going well for Michigan in that one. Uh, Another important position that they're going after is linebacker. And I would say they're this is probably their top target remaining at the linebacker position. That's four star Lander Barton. And we've talked about him plenty Uh, oddly enough, because he hasn't visited and his recruitment has been pretty quiet. But I guess that just goes to show how important of a recruit he is. Listed at 6'4", 215. He's number 269 overall on the 24-7 Sports Composite, the number 29 linebacker from the state of Utah in Salt Lake City. And uh, much like all other players from that region, specifically the state of Utah, he is very high. On Utah, I saw a couple crystal balls to Utah when I was checking out his profile earlier today. He's also high on Texas, and he is planning a trip to Texas on September 24th. So that will be another team to keep an eye on. He's got other offers from the likes of LSU, Oregon, USC, Notre Dame, UCLA, Washington. The the list is just ongoing for him. Um, It definitely seems like he has an offer sheet that is for a higher prospect that is ranked uh, 269 overall on the composite. But we'll see how his uh, senior season plays out and see if it goes up at all. But uh, this will be his first visit to Ann Arbor. So this is, it's probably going to be a one and done for him. He hasn't really taken a whole lot of, Visits. I, I don't know if he's taken any visits this summer at all, and this will for sure be his first two. Ann Arbor could very well be his last before he ends up committing to whatever program he commits to. So uh, in my opinion, Stephen, this is a pretty important one, too. They've been going after a lot of linebackers in this class. They kind of want to revamp the position moving forward under Mike McDonald. They'd offer a ton of guys in this 22 class when the new defensive coaches came to Ann Arbor and they've offered Uh, A ton more in the 23 class. So this is certainly a position that they're looking to hone in on. And Barton is among the top talents remaining at that position in this class.
1: Yeah, for sure. He's he's an interesting prospect. Because of where I see his potential fit, he reminds me a little bit of David Ojabo and the role that he fills. I was trying to think if he did fill kind of the Aiden Hutchinson, Braden McGregor role. I think he's a little bit too slight for that. Uh, He has a lot of film at wide receiver, making excellent plays. Um, He plays a lot more like a jumbo safety right now rather than a true linebacker. Um, what I mean by that, and the positive is that he operates in space extremely well, very comfortable in pass coverage. Uh, he can get to the flats really quickly and then change direction and uh, make a hit on a pass um, out of the backfield, for example, a running back. Uh, leaking out, he can really lay a lick on those guys in those scenarios, and that's where I want him the most. Um, operating in space um, takes good angles. His acceleration, there. I think it was play three or four in this film. I was like, whoa, because he does have sideline to sideline speed. Um, things I'm missing are some of the like linebacker skill sets you would expect, stack and shed don't really know operating on the interior, reading, um, you know, reading guards or or the offensive line and going off of his keys there between the tackles and making a tackle and a running back coming through the line of scrimmage. That's something that just doesn't really show up on film because it's not really something he's been asked to do. So, uh, so we'll see, I don't see him as like a Nakai Hill green type of guy. You know, I think, I think I mentioning David Ojabo, that's where he really shines, giving him space Uh, get him blitzing off of the edge, use that acceleration, change of direction. And I think he can bulk up to around 240, 250 relatively quickly and uh, use that skill set really well. So uh, it's interesting, all these names and and we'll keep coming across them. It seems like Texas is a common name that comes up. So I don't know if Michigan's kind of following Texas's (laughs) recruiting board here or if it's just a coincidence, but... Um, you know, Utah won't go away, but I think Michigan's poised really well. And the better that guys like Aiden Hutchinson or Ojabo feature in this defense, you know, under a new coordinator, that'll help, I think, get Lander Barton uh, on board and kind of the vision that Michigan uh, is pitching to him at this point.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it, it does seem like they have recruited a lot of the same guys that Texas has uh, in, in this recruiting cycle. Uh, I I think some of that may have been because of Mo Linguist back when he was around. They're definitely going after a lot of Texas guys back then. Uh, Lander Barton just happens to be one of those guys from the West Coast that those Longhorns, they do want to get to commit to their class as well. But I I think this is an important visit as well. Uh, It'll likely be the only visit he takes to Michigan. So it'll be important for the Wolverines to Really show him a good time. Roll out that red carpet for him, too, because I would anticipate he was probably among those guys that are close to the top of the list uh, for the remaining targets in this class. Let's move on to a target that has kind of popped up recently over the last couple months, and that is three star athlete Amorian Walker. And he can play either defensive back or wide receiver. He's listed at six, four. A buck seventy five. He is number five hundred forty one overall on the composite. The number forty one athlete from the state of Louisiana. He is currently committed to Notre Dame and has been committed to the Irish since March of this year. But kind of like Domani Jackson, he's made a couple visits to some other schools over the summer. He visited Alabama. He visited LSU, Ole Miss, and he even visited Michigan for the barbecue at the big house. So, this will not be his first time in Ann Arbor. And he can really be a force on both sides of the ball because of that combination of size and speed that he has. At 6'4, 175, you wouldn't expect him to run a 4.440 time, but that is exactly what he did at a camp in Alabama back in June. That's when he visited Tuscaloosa, and that's when he received his offer from Alabama and not long after that is when all these other schools started creeping into his recruitment. And uh, obviously Notre Dame is really hoping to hang on to him because like I said, he can be a force at defensive back or at wide receiver. It kind of seems like it's up in the air where Michigan's recruiting him at because they got both Ron Bellamy and Josh Gaddis in this recruitment here. So I feel like they're probably pitching him both sides of the ball at this point. And we'll talk about wide receiver in the next segment here, but I, I feel like they probably more so want him at wide receiver. I, I think that would probably be the better spot for him at the end of the day. If you've got a guy that can run a 4.440 time and he's at 6'4, I want him running downfield, going up for a jump ball, 50 50 ball uh, into the end zone. I, I want that Nico Collins type of player, uh, a split out on the outside. Uh, I, I would rather have him there than at safety. Uh, that's for sure. So, uh, again, I, I feel like this one probably isn't as important as a Barton or a Connerly. But at the position that they're recruiting him at, whether it's wide receiver, defensive back, uh, you can always use uh, another defensive back or two, especially in Michigan's class right now. Uh, they've got three corners Uh, don't really have any safeties. I guess it depends where you end up slotting Cody Jones at, Uh, but at wide receiver, I mean, he, he can be a really, really nice prospect that he's only 541 on the composite, but with a good senior season, I would anticipate that going up with that 4.4 40 time. So uh, again, this is another guy that you would gladly take and just find out where to play him at uh, later down the road.
1: Yeah, it's a guy where you look at his ranking, you look at the Bama offer, and you're like, okay, is he a second tier, kind of a, a wait and see type of dude? Then you add the context of he, you mentioned the 4440, he had a, a 40 inch vertical at a camp. And at that camp, he got offered by Bama. That makes you feel a lot more that this is a guy where Alabama's like, okay, something like they just missed the boat on this guy, right? Because he, he was injured. Uh, last year. So in terms of getting his film out there at in the pandemic, it makes sense that a guy like this would slip through the the cracks thing that popped out on film to me was how jittery he was even at that size, because when you see six, four and the coach was talking up that he was, you know, apparently a pretty good DB. This was before I watched film. And I was like, man, how many six, four guys are really good defensive backs. But then the initial kick return on his film um, you know, he, he had that sort of jitteriness that you're looking at. And then, you know, fair enough on his defensive film, he can flip his hips pretty damn well for a guy of that size. So you add all that in, add in the speed, um, you can catch away from his body and there's no reason that a guy with that frame, that size and that speed shouldn't be a top 100 guy. I mean, he even had, uh, some routes that he flashed as well. Primarily he was used as a fly route, <laughs> technician you know just run fast and we'll get you the ball but he does have the ability to to do a good out route he can um decelerate really well and that kind of goes towards his defensive back skills um in addition to that so it's a guy where you know you look at his offers they don't line up with his ranking um seems like that commitment is is maybe a little bit soft and I think I'm with you where because of his versatility, because it seems less of like a, you know, this is a guy who's a second tier offer. It seems like Michigan would, would accept his commitment and figure it out later. And it's not something where it's just like, well, let's throw our hat in the ring here with the amount of guys that are going after him, Ron Bellamy, Josh Gaddis, clink um, They're really going all out for him. And I think that's a, a smart move. Uh, when you have a guy who shows out at a Bama summer camp and appears to be a take by a lot of top programs now. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, what else can you say? You you mentioned the speed at six, four uh, you figure it out later. I think, I think I would like to see what he can do as like a, a, maybe a safety, like a nickel back. Cause I think that's pretty interesting. Now I don't know what he looks like to hit, but uh, you start him out at wide receiver because of that speed uh, you mentioned like a jump ball scenario. That's pretty tantalizing, but um, I think it's smart to have guys on both sides of the ball talking to him um, to give him sort of the option uh, on what he's interested in. And Michigan can have those coaches um, aligned to uh, to best pitch him uh, whatever that direction may be.
0: Yeah, and it's good that they've got Bellamy on him as well because. Walker's from the state of Louisiana. Bellamy's from the state of Louisiana. It's just a match made in heaven with recruiting him at that point. Uh, yeah, I, I think this is a very interesting recruit that can really flourish on either side of the ball. You certainly take them and figure it out later. And yeah, I, I think this is certainly a different one compared to Demani, Demani Jackson to where Walker's committed to Notre Dame. And like you had mentioned, kind of seems like a soft commitment at this point because... Damani Jackson, when he committed to USC, he was a known commodity. He's been a five-star the entire time. Walker, on the other hand, he's still a three-star, number 541 overall, then just started to get all of these bigger offers down in his region where he's from. He's got the LSU one now. He's got Alabama, Ole Miss, and then Michigan came in with their offer as well. So I think his commitment to Notre Dame is softer than Jackson's is to USC. I think being able to flip Walker, it's a very attainable thing. I think if they get him in on this visit and they just blow him away, I think a flip could happen. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, but they got to make sure that they roll out the red carpet for him as well. Show him a good time and we'll just see what happens from there. You kind of just go from there. Uh, 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 the final recruit here that we'll talk about, it, it kind of goes back to Connerly in terms of importance, although he's not as highly ranked or highly regarded as Connerly, but this could be another important recruit down the road as well. And this is three-star offensive lineman, Mark Naboo. He is 6'4", 330. He's number 692 overall on the composite, the number 31 interior offensive lineman. He's also from Seattle. Now he doesn't play with Connerly. They play at different schools, but I would imagine that they are probably very familiar with each other. A couple other schools that he is high on Washington, which is another reason why this game and visit is so important for this recruitment as well. Also high on Texas, who we've talked about with uh, Lander Barton, USC and Texas A&M. Now this won't be Naboo's first visit to Ann Arbor. He visited back in June. So this will be an unofficial visit. And I want to say that the visit back in June was also unofficial. So if he wants, he can come back on an official if the uh, if the coaches there would want him to, which I would anticipate they probably would. Now, the interesting aspect here, Stephen, is that, it, again, it, the importance with Washington He once was committed to the Washington Huskies and he decommitted from Washington the day after visiting Michigan back in June. So I don't know, man. I mean, to me, it seems like this could be a a two-horse race between Michigan and Washington. And I feel like a lot of, I, I guess the result of this game could have a lot of implications on this recruitment moving forward and potentially wherever he ends up In college, now obviously he has USC as well, Texas, Texas A&M. Those are some schools that he's very high on. uh, But I I feel like at this point, Michigan, Washington are probably duking it out for his services in in this game. Uh, Like with Connerly, it's going to be a very important one in in determining uh, the I, I guess the trajectory of wherever this recruitment ends up going.
1: Yeah, trajectory is a great word for this, too, because as you mentioned, when did he decommit after a visit to Michigan? And that's something where it it made him reevaluate things. Right. I think that's pretty reasonable to say, given those actions after visiting a different school. And it's understandable. Um, So he still does have the one crystal ball um, to Washington, um, but. You mentioned a and is, is probably the other school in that mix, but um, I think he is appropriately ranked around 700 overall. He's he's a good fit for Michigan, I think, because of the lack of interior guys on Michigan's list. Um, so I, I think definitely need to add bodies if you're the Wolverines at that position for the 2022 class. I think a good aspect of this as well, we mentioned a lot of other guys who are maybe some stretches Uh, especially Walter Nolan, Damani Jackson, Um, Connerly is, you know, maybe not as big of a reach, but still a super high profile guy who's getting a ton of attention elsewhere with Mark Naboo. He's a guy who Michigan can probably get, I don't want to say it's, you know, it's someone that it's a guarantee at this point, but of the guys, the names that we've mentioned thus far, you want at least one of those to be, on the right trajectory. I'll bring up that word again to start kind of talking about seeing themselves at Michigan, someone who can say like, yeah, I can see myself being here. Right. And being in that group of other guys from the West coast, think about what that does to have another guy from the state of Washington, um, be saying that in in the middle of a visit. So that's something where having a guy like Naboo on the visit, not only does he fit a position of need, I think, um, you know, there's no question about his size. You'll need to get a, get him a little bit in shape. He definitely does look uh, 330 uh, pounds around his size there, so um, he's definitely going to be a, a run blocker first. I liked his ability to, to pull even at that size, but it's going to take a bit of time to to get him up to speed. I think he is, his his um, athleticism maybe isn't at the top, but um, if he can get down to around 310 or so, I think he can uh, really put it put things together. But I'm more excited because, like I said, the, the positional fit for Michigan's needs in this class, as well as the trajectory and what he'll be saying to these other similarly regionally located recruits that are also going to be on this visit. So I'm excited for it.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm excited for all of that. I mean, this is a big, big weekend, not just for recruiting, but for the game itself. And it's going to be very fun to monitor. All of these. Now, I actually just saw a tweet here, Stephen, that now I know we weren't going to talk about 23, but I do want to bring him up because he is probably among the top targets on Michigan's 23 board. And that's Jalen Brown, the five-star wide receiver from Miami at uh, 6'1", So he's going to be visiting as well. He had uh, tweeted that uh, not long ago, saying that uh, he'll be in the big house this weekend and it's going to be a great experience. And he tagged uh, J.J. McCarthy, in that tweet. So uh, McCarthy's uh, (laughs) recruiting prowess continues, I guess, as a uh, member of the maize and blue Uh, who, who would have thought one touchdown pass could potentially go uh, a long way with his career and uh, with recruiting as well. So um, we'll certainly see how things play out. And uh, I would imagine that a lot of commits are going to be at this game as well. I would imagine Will Johnson, I I know for sure, Micah Pollard is going to be there. And uh, it, it seems like the, the, the star-studded lineup will will just grow as this week goes on. And I would anticipate a lot of commits being there, kind of like how the 21 class was pretty much all gathered for the uh, Wisconsin game last year. I feel like this is probably going to be one of those games that a lot of the commits come to town for, uh, for, for this game against Washington. So I don't know. It, it's going to be really interesting to see coming out of this weekend, how the game goes, how these visits go with these recruits. Cause it, it, we really haven't seen a whole lot of action in this 22 class in quite some time, Stephen. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see if they make any traction with any of these guys. Now, Walter Nolan, Damani Jackson, I, I don't think they're going to make much traction if any, for those guys, but some of these other guys, they certainly can. Uh, th- these recruitments are, are up in the air. So, uh, ho- yeah. hopefully, uh, you you bring your best to the game and you kind of just take a swing and, and see what happens. So I'll give you the final word and then we'll move on. Yep.
1: There's, I think a lot of fans would say this isn't Michigan's most important game on the schedule. Actually, I think many would probably rank this quite a bit lower now that Washington lost to an FCS team last week. Yeah. But in, in terms of, and I mean that strictly for Mich- the Michigan team, Uh, title hopes, whether that be Big Ten title uh, playoff hopes. There's little implications on either of those with a loss here. You can still make up ground on either of those. But in terms of recruiting, um, you're not going to find a better game uh, for Michigan to go all out with their pitches. So in terms of Michigan not laying an egg, this is the week to not lay an egg. It's one thing to lose, you know, a 31-21 game that's close or something like that. the wheels can't fall off the wheels fall off. And not only is the season looking tough, but, um, this is, this is the star studded lineup that you are rolling out for, uh, your top recruits. Mm. And similar to what you were saying last year, um, when you have a lot of commits, uh on campus that's the one thing you don't want to do because if you're getting blown out that's going to have a stronger impression than anything else and with a a giant crowd like we can expect at a night game in ann arbor that's that's kind of the last thing you want so there's a lot on the line man maybe not for you know big 10 hopes things like that but uh you, you gotta you gotta set yourself on the right foot with these guys and and um you know, at least be competitive. But I think, I think Michigan is in a good spot to, to not lay an egg. (laughs) And I'm knocking on wood for the next, uh, seven days or what are we? Four four days away already. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. It's it's creeping (laughs) up on us, man. Yeah. Knock on all the wood, cross all your fingers, uh, do, do your rain dance, you know, whatever it is. Uh, (laughs) hope all things go well in all of these endeavors here. So, uh, all right, great. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about wide receiver recruiting uh, in the wake of Ronnie Bell's injury. Uh, that's going to keep him out for the rest of the season. But first, let's talk about home field. We've been blasting this promo at you for a very long time now. And I'm just going to remind you again how homefield is the premium collegiate apparel brand based out of Indianapolis. Not only is their stuff comfortable, but it is officially licensed gear. So they do not screw around when it comes to their designs. And the team over at Homefield study every school's history, traditions, legacies. And with all of that, they create thoughtful designs that tell the unique story of each university. And they've got some really cool original Michigan designs that you will not find anywhere else, whether it's T-shirts, crew necks, whatever you want. They've got it. So if you're looking for some of that vintage apparel, uh, look no further than Homefield. And use that promo code MNB and you'll get 20% off the entirety of your first order. If you're looking to get some maze apparel for the maze out this weekend, uh, it's probably a little too late for Homefield. You probably should have done that a week or two ago. But if you want some for the next maze out, go to homefieldapparel.com. Use that 20% off promo code MNB again at checkout. And you'll get 20% off your entire first order. So head over to homefieldapparel.com. Start shopping today. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We are going to end today's podcast on a bit of a somber note, I suppose, because last weekend, I'm sure you all saw the game. Michigan wide receiver Ronnie Bell was injured after a punt return in the first half. Uh, I never really got a good look at what exactly happened, Stephen, because the TV angle was a little strange. I I didn't get a great look, but needless to say, um, it's a season ending knee injury for Ronnie Bell. It's so unfortunate, too, because he was having a really nice game against Western Michigan before the injury and was really setting himself up to have a great senior season potentially get drafted into the 2022 NFL draft um, you know, I said on the podcast a couple weeks ago that I thought Ronnie Bell would test the NFL waters while Dalen Baldwin would return for another season at Michigan, which would uh, in that scenario, leave Michigan with just one receiver gone after this season. And obviously with Bell's injury, uh, things have kind of changed because of that. And now I don't really know if any Michigan wide receiver leaves Ann Arbor after this season. And because of that, I feel like things could potentially change for uh, Michigan's recruiting strategy at the wide receiver position in this 2022 class. They got two guys committed four star Tyler Morris, three star in stater Tayshawn Trent. Two very different receivers. Trent is more of a big bodied possession guy, while Morris is a speedster who can, I mean, in my opinion, at least kind of line up anywhere, whether it be the slot or on the outside. So, I don't know, Stephen, I-, I wanted to ask you this question because it it, it is kind of curious in my mind. Do you think that Michigan at this point, if you assume that Ronnie Bell comes back next season after his knee injury? And I'm just assuming at this point that Baldwin still stays in Ann Arbor. It, it seems like they've got some guys a little bit higher on the depth chart at this point because it did take Baldwin a little bit to get on the field last week. So with all of that in consideration, Stephen, do you think Michigan is set with the two guys they have now, now that Bell is pretty much guaranteed in my mind to come back for another year, or would you still like them to continue recruiting other guys and take a third guy regardless? We talked about Amorian Walker in the last segment. He could be a potential wide receiver candidate for this class. So what do you think?
1: I think the best approach would probably be to wait because I think I'm on the same page with you in terms of Ronnie Bell. It probably makes the most sense for him to come back, but honestly, we don't know. Maybe he thinks he's ready. Uh, if he can test well um, and heal quickly, You know, maybe he'll be able to sneak into the latter half of the draft. It's I think it's too early to tell. You're not going to have those discussions with Ronnie Bell for a bit uh, if you're the staff, so they're not really going to know Um, what the direction is going to be at this point in terms of what the numbers will look like. I do think the numbers in general will be a bit high, right? I think it it was kind of a shock to have like a Giles Jackson um, transfer out of the program. I think that's just going to happen. Regardless of how many guys you take, I think there's just not enough snaps to go around. We saw that with Zach Charbonnet. So regardless, I think the situation will figure itself out because now with a transfer portal, it's much easier for um, those playmakers to find a suitable location uh, if they're, if they're not favorably looking at the depth chart ahead of them. So I do think Michigan should be good with the two guys that they have, Tayshawn Trent, Tyler Morris, if they're going to take another guy, I think Amorian Walker is the mold of that, that you're looking for a guy that you can recruit as either a wide receiver or defensive back, give some positional variability there. Even if their primary position is probably wide receiver, giving yourself that, level of flexibility, I think just helps a little bit more because then if it is a log jam, it's not something where it's like, well, you're a wide receiver and you're out of luck, right? You can, you can feasibly shift them over if need be. Um, and and I think that's kind of what you have with Walker. And I think that makes the most sense moving forward. So, um, so we'll see. I think, I think, honestly, I think Ronnie Bell could get drafted even without this season. I think he has enough on film. So, while it might be a shock if he does go, I think Michigan would love to have him back. You don't you know, have a guy who's your leading receiver two years in a row and just say sayonara to the guy. Um, it, he, he's a captain. None, like, There's just so many things in favor of Ronnie Bell being back next year. So in terms of the approach, I think Michigan's in a good spot with the two, two commits they do have. You might see like an additional, like a a transfer um, if Ronnie Bell comes back, just because, you know, it's the nature of the beast. Sometimes things happen and people come back uh, when you think that they would be gone um, after a promising season. And unfortunately, that promising season was taken away uh, by Ronnie Bell in game one, right? And this might be a different discussion if it's game six and Ronnie Bell was showing out this year. So there are these things where it's just like, you know, the staff had a plan and then this throws a wrench in it. And um, I think the numbers are still fine with Tayshon Trent and Tyler Morris, but um, yeah, it's going to get crowded. So I would just recruit athletes that give you some positional variability and um, and kind of go with that approach until you learn more about where Ronnie Bell's at and um, if there's any other you know, potential shakeup at the position uh, from other guys on the depth chart, maybe looking to transfer after the season, you get those rumblings throughout the season sometimes. So mm-hmm. I think you're in wait and see, but um in general, yeah. yeah go after some athletes.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I, I am in favor of if they're going to recruit any other guys, Walker would be that guy that I would kind of be all in for the other two that they're recruiting at the wide receiver position, our four-star Dane Key, who they offered back in June. He is from uh, the state of Kentucky, Lexington specifically. And then Cody Hagan is the other guy uh, that they are actively recruiting. They offered him back in July. He's from the state of Utah. Both these guys are just pure wide receivers, and they're both talented at the wide receiver position, obviously Key being a four-star. And Cody Hagan is a four-star on 24-7. On the composite, he... It it looks to my naked eye, at least it looks like he's probably a fringe four star, but he's in three star range at this point. But he's very fast. He's a 10.5 100 meter time. So I, I would certainly take that. He's at six one one seventy five. Dane Key is six one seventy. So both talented guys at the wide receiver position. But I'm with you. I would much rather them take a guy that you can kind of just experiment with, whether it's at wide receiver or defensive back it kind of just wait it out get him on campus try him out at both spots and then just figure it out from there because i i, I do think that bell probably could still test the nfl waters like you had mentioned but i think it's probably a, a thing kind of like Aiden Hutchinson last year right he he played the first couple games got injured came back he didn't want to leave on that uh, on that bad note of, uh, you know, not being able to have another shot at Ohio State because they didn't play him last year because of the COVID issues. And obviously, you don't want to leave Michigan with you being a Michigan legacy. uh, Leave them at two and four with the bad season that they had. Obviously, it's different because he is a Michigan legacy. His dad went to Michigan. Ronnie Bell didn't have any ties to uh, the university, but he's a captain. And it really seems like he loves the university. He loves his teammates, loves his coaches, and has really loved his experience of being that underdog two-star that has eventually built his way to being the top wide receiver on the depth chart uh, at Michigan, Uh, especially given that he was kind of in a crowded room at one point with Nico Collins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and he's still always been that steady force at wide receiver for Michigan. I would, Me personally, I would be kind of surprised if he left. Now, I, I, I say that in knowing in the back of my mind that, yeah, he probably could, you know, go to the NFL combine and, and probably do pretty well and eventually get drafted. But I, I just think that it's probably going to end up being he comes back. And I do think that Dalen Baldwin will come back. So I, at this point, I think they're pretty set with the two receivers they have. But I'm with you 100 percent that if you're going to go get another one, go get an athlete go get an Amorian Walker at six, a buck 75 that runs an insanely fast 40 time that you can just put on the outside and just have them go <laughs> two four verticals uh, like on uh, NCAA 14. You like that reference? It brought that up two weeks in a row too, Steven. Yeah, there you go. So that, that's what I've got on, on that. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? Cause I, I, I feel like this is a pretty easy uh, scenario for Michigan at this point, kind of just, you know, you can recruit all those guys if you want to. And then if you end up missing on those three, in my opinion, it's kind of a big whoop. And you can go after some other uh, other positions that you need more greatly uh, in this 22 class.
1: Yeah, I think you you more reach for the stars now, right? You, you can go for a top flight sort of athlete type uh, four star, five star, even though I think uh, a Marion Walker is... 541st overall. Um, he's a guy who's likely closer to, you know, he's getting Bama interest. So you can, you could go for guys that have kind of Bama interest and that's your primary competition because, um, you're kind of set at the position. Um, so with a reach, it's kind of like, um, you know, if you get them great, if not, we're, we're going to be okay. So I'm with you. I think I'm probably like probably 75% Bell would come back, 25% he would go to the NFL at this point. Um, but we'll see, man. I just hope we get to see him uh, one more time in a uh, in a Wolverine uniform at some point.
0: Yeah, I agree, man. I was so bummed when I saw that because it just, it didn't look good coming off the field with him limping and then having to get carted away. It just, it, it was, it was a sad, sad situation. Still is sad. And he, he's one of those guys that, You know, you you just love people love an underdog story, man. I mean, especially with Ronnie Bell didn't really have any any uh, football offers. He was going to go to Kansas State to play basketball, I believe, and then got the offer from Michigan. And obviously he has been one of those real fine recruits uh, that, you know, like kind of like Hassan Haskins. He was a low three star, ended up being uh, just a completely different player than what you would anticipate him uh, when he was coming out of high school especially with uh, Hassan uh, being linebacker at first and then transitioning to running back but yeah just one of those stories that it's just so sad and it's it's going to have an impact on the team this year and, and could have an impact on the recruiting trail with what we've all talked about here and uh, yeah you you certainly hope that not only that he recovers fully but that you get to see him on the field uh, once again, uh, for the maize and blue at some point. So Steven, any final thoughts before we wrap up here today, man? Nope, beat Washington. I'll be there. I will be there as well. And uh, I, I've got my maize shirt picked out. Um, in fact, it's the only maize shirt that I have. So <laughs> there we go. Uh, <laughs> I've always been a uh, a blue. If I if I get anything Michigan, it's always been blue. I do have a couple gray, gray Michigan hoodies as well, but I, I've got the one maize shirt that I will be rocking on uh, September 11th, this Saturday at eight o'clock. Um, I don't know where I'm sitting at, but uh, hopefully they, we got good seats, but yeah, it, it, it should be a great atmosphere. I'm looking forward to it. First Michigan game since uh, 2019. I'm, I'm excited to be at a packed big house again. It's been far too long. Uh, I am greatly looking forward to it. So uh, where, where you? You got any good uh, tailgating plans, Stephen? We'll
1: see. I'm still trying to figure it out. Um when I'm going to leave the house. Uh, I don't know, man, there, there's a, there's a lot of things I still got to figure out, but, uh, hoping just walk around Ann Arbor reminisce a little bit, getting the feels about my time back at, back at the university. So, so we'll see, we'll see no plans as of now, but hopefully I'll, uh, I'll put some together.
0: There you go, man. Well, I uh, greatly appreciate you coming on the pod as usual. And I greatly appreciate all of you guys for tuning in. And listening today, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. And Stephen, where are you at, my friend? You can find me at Stephen Tosky. And you can also find Stephen on the Maze and Brew YouTube channel where he's busting out content left and right per huge And uh, certainly give Maze and Brew a follow, like, whatever you end up doing. If you're on Facebook, Twitter, any of that stuff, TikTok, I, I hope that we can get a, a TikTok at some point, but also. Uh, Discord, Uh, search Mason Brew on Discord. We're trying to get that community up and running as well and uh, give us five star reviews on all of our podcasts. And, uh, you know, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you're listening to it right now, give us a a five star. We would greatly appreciate it. For Stephen Ostowski, I am Vaughn Lozon. We'll come back next week with more Michigan football recruiting. Until then, go blue, be Washington.